Welcome, friends, to the Girl Mom Podcast. This is Carrie Kampakis, your host. Today's topic of conversation is something that affects all of us every day, yet we don't always talk about it or manage it very well, and that is money. My dear friend Emily Lassiter is joining us today, and Emily is a financial advisor with Somerset Advisory, a wealth management firm with offices in Alabama, South Carolina, and Virginia. She's also co-owner of The Wealth Edit, an online community designed to help women become good with money. Before pivoting into personal finance, Emily practiced law for 14 years, but then God changed her career path after the tragic loss of her husband in 2014, forced her to take the reins of her finances, and also started to grow her heart for single women who have also been thrown into the reality of being in charge of their finances. What Emily realized after meeting many widows and divorced women was that money was always a top concern. And if she could equip women in this area, they could feel more confident to handle the story being written with their life. Today, we're going to talk about being wise with money, not only in adulthood, but also in the teenage years, since many of us are raising teenage daughters and sons, and we know that these habits start early. Emily is a native of Montgomery, Alabama, and also a graduate of Auburn University and the University of Alabama School of Law. She is a devoted mom to her two teenage daughters, Mary Jane and Camille, and I'm so excited for you to hear from her wisdom that applies to all of us at every age. Thanks for tuning in, and enjoy the show. Emily, I'm so happy to have you here. Um, I think we had like a 30-minute conversation before we even started, and I told myself before you came this morning, right across the street, Emily and I are neighbors, um, I was like, I've got to be focused because I know we could just chat for about three hours just talking about life and girls in college and all the things going on right now. It's so true. Every time I I get together with you, I feel like we have (laughs) a 100 different directions our conversations can go, but this one in particular really can go in a lot of directions, different directions, especially because money just filters in and is a factor really at every life stage that we have, but just in all the different circumstances that arise, money just often is something we have to consider. So it comes up a lot and it's something that I'm really passionate about talking about and helping moms talk to their daughters and sons about it, just because I feel like these days money it's, it's hard to teach them about it because it's not <laughs> exchanging hands. I mean, right. it's all just out there somewhere in this electronic world, whether it's Venmo or a debit card or a credit card. And it's just, it's hard to keep track of. So I have a heart for helping parents um, think through how best to teach our children, but also with me being a single woman and handling the finances of the home on my own, I understand what a burden that can be and how overwhelming it can be. So thank you for giving me an opportunity to talk about it today. Oh, well, you've got so much wisdom and, and, you know, and I think God's hand has just been evident in every chapter of your life. But, you know, I was there, we were there when you lost Joe almost 10 years ago. And, You know, and I just think about how God equipped you, you know, just your father was a financial advisor and what a gift that was. I mean, I remember how instrumental he was in the aftermath of helping you work through the finances. Like that's such a huge part of losing someone and training you. And I think he's the one who even kind of pointed you to eventually go into the finance industry. And, you know, I think sometimes the things, the gifts that we are grown, that we grow up with, like your parents, my parents, that, you know, you had a dad who was wise with money and taught you about that. Like, you just realize how that equipped you better for the new chapter that God was writing in your life. And I just see you taking all of that you've learned and passing that on to other women. And it's so important because not everybody, especially in this day and age, even has parents who, who taught them well about money. And so... 
um, it is. It's something that can affect, it affects your life in every season, every stage of life. And, you know, not only do we want to be smart as women, whether you're married or single, but also in teaching our daughters and our sons. And, and like you said, I mean, my kids, I mean, I'm like, I can hand them a $20 bill and it's like, they don't blink because, you know, to them, it's just no big deal. But I'm like, when I was younger, like cash, you know, whatever amount, just it always like, oh, you get excited about it. But I think it's so much harder for them to even keep tabs on what they're spending for this next generation. Because to me, I'm like, there's a little, if I'm handing somebody a hundred dollar bill, there's a little, like, oh, you know, it's a little pain in handing it over. Or if I'm writing a check, there's a little pain. But if I'm doing Venmo or credit card, there's no pain. And it, I think that's kind of what keep what kept us in check, you know, in prior generations. But now we're dealing with a generation where everything's digital. And so it's really easy to get let our spending get out of hand and not even know what we're spending our money on. So I do want to talk about, like like I said, not only if somebody's a you know a single woman, but also how we can teach our, our daughters and our sons to learn early how to set these good habits with money to set them up for success. Yeah, we tell our clients, and I mean, at Somerset Advisory, I mean, we're just a true wealth management company. So we're working with people that oftentimes have more money than they can ever spend their you know entire lives to those that are really just trying to be wise with their money and what i have seen is no matter what the most important part of anyone's financial plan is knowing how much you spend mm-hmm. full stop because you can have a hundred million dollars but if you're spending ten million dollars a year you're going to run out of money um, and then we see some people that make $50,000 a year and have saved $2 million. I mean, you know, it, but all of that depends on how much you're spending. And, you know, this really hit me with my daughters the first time when Mary Jane turned 16, because Mary Jane is my oldest and she got a car and all of a sudden had, you know, more free reign to be out and about and spend dollars more freely. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget maybe three months after she turned 16 and um, Mary Jane, I'm sorry, I'm telling the story. (laughs) But after she turned 16, I got a visa bill and she, I had given her my visa that I really never used as in case of emergency. Mm -hmm. And it was like a thousand dollars on there. And I was looking down and it was like Chick-fil-A. <laughs> it's mean, probably food as if it was my kids. I mean, you know, there were no large purchases. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, eating out with friends. It was, you know, popping by here to pick up a birthday present for somebody or whatever it was. But I was <laughs> very surprised. And so I called her in and I was like, Mary Jane, like, what in the world happened? And she was like, What? Are you kidding me? She had no idea. I had no idea I spent Mm. that much. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And of course, we were like, okay, well, you know, we're going to do things differently now and whatever. But it it continued to be an issue. Mm -hmm. Maybe not quite as large of an issue, but an issue. And so, you know, I was getting frustrated with her a lot. And it was causing friction in our relationship. But it was always, you know, there was always some reason why that purchase was okay or whatever. And I always had some reason why she should have been more thoughtful about it, etc. And one day I was actually just praying about it and just figuring out just for wisdom on how best to help her handle this because of what I see every day in mm. my practice. And I thought... The greatest gift I could ever give her is to teach her how to be good with money because ultimately that is going to set the tone for 
like her professional life, then her home life, and then her marriage and her relationship with her spouse and then her children. And, you know, I just thought, I've never really thought about what a big factor that is in like bringing up your children. I mean, we all know that we need to teach them how to be good with money, but not like how it bleeds into so many different relationships and all Mm -hmm. that. And so um, what hit me was she's not like all the things that I was teaching her was based on my experience with money at her age, Mm -hmm. which is totally different. And, uh, you know, no one even thinks about I had like cash in my checking account and I could write a check or I could get cash. You know, there was no Venmo there. I certainly didn't have a credit card Mm -hmm. Um, or maybe I had a debit card. I can't remember if I did, but if I did, it wasn't until later. And so, and then also things just weren't as expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and I think, and we didn't have Instagram making us want more things because mm -hmm. you see all, you know, you see what everybody else has. Yes. Yes. And so I, started, I thought, okay, well, what I'm going to do with her is I'm going to print out everything she spent mm-hmm. at the end of the month, and we're going to go through it every month. And that worked. I mean, I definitely think it brought some awareness right. to the situation for her. And the thing about it was Mary Jane's heart was in the right place. She was not trying to right. live above her means. <laughs> She was not trying to, like, wear the latest fashion. I mean, Mm -hmm. she just was living life and enjoyed the act of going out with her friends and getting ice cream. You know, I did notice a few times I'd be like, okay, why did you spend $40 at Taco Mama? Mm -hmm. And she'd be like, oh, well, a friend didn't. They didn't have any money, so I bought theirs. Okay, we had to talk through that, you know. (laughs) I mean, obviously you can do that on occasion, but that doesn't need to be a regular thing, you know. Other people's parents are also trying to – help their children not spend right. more. Um, and then we we made some progress, but then we kind of backtracked a little bit. And so what I asked her to do, and this is part of um, the Wealth Edit, so our, our online community that we have that's more fun and easy, helping women talk about money, just starting that conversation, normalizing that conversation. But something that we do there is we ask our members to write down what they spend every day for two weeks Mm -hmm. and write it down twice. So when once when it happens, so like if you go to Target, you just write it down. And then at the end of the day, and usually it doesn't take more than 10 minutes for the whole day because you typically don't have that many purchases in a day, but you you start seeing patterns. Mm -hmm. And then you look at it and you say, okay, what on this list brought you joy? And what on this list is just something you really don't even care about, but you spent Mm -hmm. and start seeing patterns. Um, Because most of us can have pretty much anything we want, but we can't have everything. I mean, you, right. you, you have to pick, like, where do I want to prioritize my spending? And that started to bring things to mind for her. Mm-hmm. But one thing she realized was I was never going to give her enough money mm-hmm. to do the things that she wanted to do and what was important. So then we started talking about it, and she decided she was going to prioritize babysitting. She knew babysitting she was going to make more money. And if she wanted to be, you know, if she wanted to take her friends out to lunch, then she could do that with those dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, all and but I also did factor in like let's save this amount, right? And I had to do that for her. Like, mm-hmm. but anyway, 
all through this thing, what I realized was her heart was in the right place and I just needed to give her grace too. Mm-hmm. So I told her that every time we went through this, it was a non-judgment zone. I mean, I was not going to judge. Um, I was here to educate. And sometimes we laugh about this, but I'm like, being a parent, I have to parent you. That is not me being critical of you. Right. You know, like I'm not being critical. I'm parenting. I'm trying to teach you. And now she's in college. She's She's in Auburn. This week is her first week. And we've already had a quick conversation about what she's spent thus far just to help her keep on track because she's on a new budget mm-hmm. with more freedom um and i just laugh at this because it's it is it's a it's very time intensive yes for a parent it is and a lot of us some people don't feel equipped or don't they out on the time but it's so important mm-hmm. and i was sitting here thinking too i was like you know we were probably the last generation like you know we had grandparents who even my dad was kind of born in that era but like right after the great depression you know so i was like i think we were raised with grandparents and parents who were aware of like of having had nothing Mm -hmm. and i think of my friend mary alice she was talking about how one time she'll never forget she was cutting strawberries with her grandmother and she was just cutting them regularly and the grandmother's like you left some red on that stem and she's like what does it matter and her grandmother said, you've never been hungry. And so I was like, that whole mindset of like just being so mindful of like every penny. Like my dad didn't grow up with much money. And so he was very mindful. So he made us very mindful and it was really good. I mean, like I kind of hated as a child, but I'm like, I mean, he, we never went without. There's something we really wanted. He would get it, but he did not spoil us. But he spoiled it like, you know, and even now he's very generous. But we were not always just getting the latest and the greatest and whatever we wanted. There was limits. And he just made us very mindful. And he was always like, you know, it's not what you, it's not what you make, it's what you save. So he was always big on saving. Um, even when I went to work, this was some of the best advice he gave me. He was like, always have six months of your salary in savings. And that way, you know, if you lose your job or if you need to quit because you, they're asking you to do something immoral, you can say, that's fine. You know, like you don't ever want to be dependent on them. So he taught me all these things that I just think are not getting passed on to kids today. And so, you know, just it can lead to all kinds of different problems. But, um, but yeah, and you're talking about kids. Like, I've learned the best thing with my children to teach them money is to make them work. And then when they ask me for to buy, like, the fifth sweatshirt or whatever they want, and I'm like, you know, I just bought you one a few weeks ago. But you can buy this one. And all of a sudden, they don't want it anymore. Exactly. And so I'm like, well, that, and <laughs> really I was like, don't that, want it that exactly. Badly. I was like, yeah. if you're not willing to spend your money on it, then you must not want it that badly. It's just something nice to have. But you don't, I know you don't need that. You've got several sweatshirts already in your closet so I joke that it's like um, if I make them pay it with their money they get really cheap (laughs) so but that's the best way you know and I think we live in a world where parents don't want to tell their kids no or they don't want to have those boundaries or have those conversations or be mean or say you know or we can't take this trip this summer you know this that but that's so helpful for our kids to see because that's reality and my friend Kim and I talked about in a previous podcast that like this especially girls today I think sometimes they think that you look on Instagram and it looks like everybody's an influencer and traveling the world, but not really working. <laughs> like not really, you know, never, everybody has money, but they're not really, don't really have a job to make that money. And that's not reality. And so we are trying to like bring our kids down to reality. And like, not only will hard work bring you purpose and joy, it's going to help you connect with people and bring so many other blessings in life. But, you know, so, but money and, and work, you know, they, they go hand in hand. They do. And you know what? This is making me think of, and we haven't even talked about this. I don't, I've never even told you this story. But um, Mary, I, I, 
what I'm thinking about now is making sure too, when you're talking about money that at a young age, you start bringing it together with like with, as you're thinking about the Lord's path for you, like Mm -hmm. how God's working in your life, like what he wants for you next, like begin talking to your children about how, you know, God is shaping like your next few chapters in life. And so last year, um, when y'all invited us to go to New York again, Mm -hmm. um, Camille, my 16 year old and Marie Claire at the same age and Carrie had invited us to go and we sat down and we had, we went when they were 10 and it was so fun and we wanted to recreate that. But Camille and I sat down and I said, you know, we, I've already planned out our trips for this year and financially this trip to New York really doesn't fit in the picture, but also, you know, Mary Jane has basketball and that means we would be missing like a big tournament for her. And if I was going to choose to spend those dollars on a trip, I'd prefer for both of y'all to be able to enjoy it, you Mm -hmm. know? And so Camille was really upset about it. And I said, you know, I want us to just sit and really pray about it because I think the Lord will open doors, you know, when he wants us to go through them. And if, if it just turns out that this isn't the right one, we just have to trust that that's what he has planned for us. And I remember her looking at me and she's like, but I'm sad. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? I'm sad too. Yeah. But I really do trust that if this was what we were supposed to do, it would happen. I really do. And I was like, and also if we look at the fact that we've got an amazing senior trip planned for Mary Jane that she wants you to go along on, which was saying a lot. Um, We had a fun spring break we were doing, both Mm -hmm. of which were out of the country. And I just said, but you know, this is where we are in life and it's okay. I mean, look at all the things that we've done. Thankfully, you're so such good friends with all these girls. Right. It's it's, not going to hinder the friendship friendship. at all. And so she was like, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And so we worked through it and I didn't like have the conversation and shut the door. I continued to talk about it because I knew her heart was hurting. And afterwards, um, she came to peace with it and she said, I understand. I understand. And so about a month later, we got a phone call from um, some family that lives up in New York. And they said, hey, we have not been able to have y'all up here because of COVID and everything. They had had two babies. I mean, this is so crazy what COVID did to all of us, but two babies that we had not met yet. And they had um, just gotten a vacation home in the Hamptons, which was super fun. And they were like, we would love for y'all to come up and spend Thanksgiving with us. And, um, and then all of a sudden this opportunity to go to New York opened up, which was, we didn't have to pay, you know, to stay there. I had frequent flower points and just that door opened. And so I was able to bring it back around to Camille and I said, I know this is not the same as like going with your friends, but isn't it interesting how like us trying to be good steward of our dollars, Mm -hmm. not living above our means really thoughtfully thinking about like, what is our next step? How are we going to spend our dollars now has, you know, been honored with this. And I was like, this often does not happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in this particular case, it right. was just such a blessing that the Lord gave her a glimpse yes. into what he was doing there. And, um, I just realized that at, at, in a, with a teenage girl and boys too, 
if we can begin having that conversation, that money is also a part of our faith and our walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes clues as to what he's going to have us do next. Or, And especially when I think about single women, this is something I talk about all the time. But like the Lord, you know, there's more verses in the Bible on money than any other topic. Mm-hmm. You know, he is paying attention to that and his hand is in that too. And um, so when I'm talking to my girls about money, I'm very, very intentionally trying to bring that alongside like the Lord's path for them. Um, and I, I just realized that I didn't really do that until I had to walk the journey of being head of household on my own. Right. I just didn't think about it. Right. And so now I'm very thankful the Lord has given me eyes to see that and then I realized how much it affects the decisions I make now. Yes. You know, and you, you made me think of something. I I spoke to a small group of young moms yesterday and you know, I was just kind of speaking off the cuff on different things of like these are some of my this is what I've learned over twenty years of parenting. And one thing I really thought about that I emphasized to them was like teaching your child to tune into their gut. And I was like, you really, when they leave home, you really want them really to be able to tune into their gut in so many different ways, whether this decision doesn't feel right, this relationship doesn't feel right. But even with money, you know, like I know you well enough. I know you are so in tune with the Lord and you're so faithful in your walk that you're listening and you're paying attention and you're really like seeking his will for your life. But even when that invitation for New York came, you know, I mean, that's a hard invitation. It's your best friends going. Of course, we all were dying for y'all to go. But, you know, I know that there was probably in that invitation, there was probably something in you like, I want to do this, but I just feel like I'm not supposed to. And I don't know why God has given me that feeling. And, you know, sometimes we like blow off that feeling like, no, but I want to go and do it. But, you know, we have both learned in our life when you pay attention and you trust God in advance, like, I don't know why you're giving me this hesitation, God, but I'm going to, you know, pray about it and lean into it. But also not only that, but teaching that to our children, which is what you taught to Camille. Like, okay, she didn't have that gut instinct. Yeah, she's 16. Like, right. she was like, yes, let's go. Of course, you know, but, you know, that's like a little stepping stone and that's planting a seed in her to like, you know, with the next big money, you know, when she's on her own and having to spend money. And I was talking to some um, girls in their early, early 20s recently and they were like, I would love, they were like, we would love more instruction on money they're like it's hard because you're getting invited on all these trips and some people have limitless funds and they can do all the trips and you've got to really sit and think about it and you we want our kids to have some discipline there and like you said you know looking at it like we're you know we're really just our money is ours temporarily to be good stewards of it and so we're all on that journey of of learning how to do it but um but yeah it's hard and I do think if we can teach our, our daughters and our sons early that it can set them up for success and and I think about that book that was so popular in the 90s was the millionaire next door and you never hear about it anymore but when Harry and I first got married we were going back we were in MBA school and like we were so broke I mean we were we went from two incomes we both were working to one income we were back in school I was freelance writing trying to pay my tuition like I've I've never felt so broke in my life. I was like dating my bills, like, oh, please don't go through before <laughs> August 15th. It's like, I know what that feels like, but it was the best way to start our marriage because we had to be so aware of every little thing and everything meant so much to us, you know? And I remember our first anniversary, we're like, we don't really have money to go out to dinner, so we'll cook some steaks at home. We'll do that. And and I remember going to pick up our, our food at the grocery store and his parents knew that we were doing that. And um, we get there and they'd already pre-called to prepay for everything, the wine, the, you know, the meat, everything that we were doing. But 
because we were so broke, that gift from them meant even more to us than it might mean if we weren't in that position. Mm-hmm. And I just think those are the experiences that our kids are not, you know, today's children are, are growing up with a lot more than many of us did, um, you know, are not really learning. And so it, how can we backtrack and teach them some of these lessons to, like, be mindful and like you said, too, like we were talking earlier, like, you know, this summer, sometimes we have those seasons, we have to sacrifice things. Like the summer I was working on some projects, it was a working summer for me. And it was hard because I'm like, oh, this is Sophie's last summer at home. I really want to be taking some trips with my kids. I want to be doing some things. And I had to be at my computer a lot and working, which is the position a lot of people are in. But I'm like, I know that this is going to help me, you know, be able to take next summer off. You know, I'm doing this and I'm going to be working hard this year, a lot of speaking events and some projects. But but it's hard, and it's hard. That delayed gratification, I guess, is what it all boils down yeah, to. it is hard. And, you know, thinking about your conversation about the gut, my everyone, my whole family knows this, but I pray two things every day. I pray for my children all the time, but two things is I always pray that the Holy Spirit will live in their stomach. <laughs> okay, this, and one it. time somebody told me I was the most reverently irreverent person. <laughs> Because, and I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, just the way you equate, like talk about some of your spiritual things. But I was like, yeah, the Holy Spirit lives in my stomach. Yeah. Like, and they're like, what? And I said, but my whole life, my gut has just been a very strong indicator yes. for what I should and shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Whether that was, you know, watching a bad movie when I was spending the night with friends and I, I, would, I would feel sick. Yeah, I mean, like really, physically really. sick. And I would be like, I need to go home. And I didn't start really realizing what it was yeah. until I just realized my conscience is just super strong. And it was a blessing and a curse, obviously, because as teenagers, there were so many things we wanted to do. But I would just be like, listen, it's not even worth it to me. I can't enjoy days. I was the same way. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I cannot get the joy out of this to override the guilt I would be no, feeling. I but, yeah. So I, was like, I love that because for my kids, I pray that just because it really what it is is and what I hope for them is that they're able to quiet their minds and just those swirling thoughts that go around all the time enough that they can sense where the Holy Spirit is leading them next. Mm -hmm. And because he was so loud in my life and it continues to do, you know, to be that way is it's like, I hope I want that for them, but it is definitely a part of my money journey too. And that's where I think we just, that's something we can focus on with our teens because really no one else is going to tell them that. Right. I mean, just like you said, Instagram, there's so many things out there that are telling you, bye, bye, bye. This is what's going to fulfill you. And really it's never going to fill that hole. Right. It's never going to fill that hole. And, and how like paying attention to that will set you on a, you know, a better path. But, um, also when it comes to, you know, saying no to things that, you know, um, that you probably shouldn't do, but also giving you peace when maybe you have to go in a direction that you don't feel like you should. And, you know, we've talked about this, but um, especially for single moms um, and, you know, you have this feeling and you've maybe even been brought up to think that your role is inside the home. Mm -hmm. And despite, and even if you're married, but maybe despite y'all's best efforts, you know, just your spouse working um, isn't cutting it and you need to go back to work or, you know, your spouse loses a job or whatever it is. And all of a sudden you're faced with this decision of, you know, I really feel like my place is in the home 
but like stopping and saying what no it looks like the lord's calling me outside the home right now mm-hmm. and like he can do that i mean right. and he can say hey you know what i have you out here in this professional world and i promise you you know my plan is far greater than anything you can ever imagine mm-hmm. i promise you that but you need to go in that direction and you know, I remember going through the journey of make, like after my husband died, staying at home for almost three years and what a blessing that was. But I did really start feeling the Holy Spirit, you know, stir like, okay, I've got something else in mm-hmm. store for you. You know, you, we're about to start your next chapter, be on the lookout, you know, that feeling that you feel sometimes and you're like, you know, something's coming. I'm not sure what it is. And my dad, the financial advisor, Um, I told him, I was like, okay, I'm, you know, starting to come out of the fog. I'm starting to like get comfortable, which if that's ever, I don't know if that's the appropriate word, but getting more, um, used to this life as a single mom and not being married and saying, okay, I've got to figure out what's next for me. And he said, okay, well, I've done the math and I've looked at y'all's expenses and you know what you have, and you need to make $80,000 a year. And I had really thought that I was being called in ministry. I really thought that I was. And in fact, I really wanted to go to Africa and it was to take my girls out of school. We were going to go to Africa and I was going to serve at an orphanage. And I had no orphanage in mind. That was just where I was going. I was just going to be all in for the Lord. And in my mind, that was like all in for the Lord, right? What's better than a widow serving orphans you know, in an underprivileged country? I was like, I'm in, yes. Lord. I'll do anything you want me to do. Right. And I remember going to my counselor and saying, like, I've tried everything I can to, like, go out into the mission field. And I was like, the Lord keeps closing those doors. And he said, Emily, let's be real you would get tired of sweeping that hut. <laughs> and I was like, excuse me, what? And he said, I mean, look at where what the Lord has gifted you with. I mean, mm-hmm. do you like, or I mean, do you feel called to work with children? I mean, have you ever worked with children? <laughs> like, I was no. like, well, no, I was an attorney for 14 years. And he was like, okay, let's look at that. Like if those doors keep closing, let's start considering another option. But I loved that because all of a sudden it, put it back on like, okay, what has the Lord, what gifts has the Lord given me? Like, where have I excelled in professionally? But then also my dad said, look, the Lord oftentimes calls us to change our lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And I will help you do that in a second. If that's really what you're feeling called to do. Right. Like, and so I remember sitting down and praying about that. All right, Lord, do you want me to sell my house? Do you want us to move? Do you want us and I didn't feel a peace about that. I didn't mm-hmm. have a peace about moving the girls. Yeah, my gut was saying, no, I want you right where you are. But I promise the plan I have for you is far greater than mm-hmm. anything you can imagine. Just, like, hold on. And we, I went forward, and, you know, I kept saying, I've got to make $80,000 here. <laughs> and that's a whole other podcast. I can't wait to talk about that because um, that was a whole other part of the journey. But, you know... As I took those steps and I started looking at that and saying, all right, Lord, maybe you're calling me into the professional world. I had to stop and say, well, but that means that I'm not going to be at home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, and I knew that there were hybrid work situations, but honestly, that was before COVID. So really, that was less of an option. And I remember also just thinking, all right, Lord, though, but if this is what you're calling me to do, if this is what you have, you're going to fill in the gaps. I mean, right. you will fill in the gaps. No, this is not the plan I had for my life. No, if you'd asked me five years ago, 
if I thought this was the right thing for me and my children, I would have said probably not. Mm-hmm. But in this new season. But in this new season, yes. I am that gut is saying like, yes, I've got you on a different path and don't worry because I am, I've got your kids. Mm-hmm. And, and now I look back at it and I see all the amazing people that were able to pour into my children's lives that did so much more than I could ever do. I mean, you know, like mm-hmm. in those places of their life, yes. he filled them in. And then also just their independence, yes. their willingness to see that sometimes life doesn't turn out like you think it was and that the Lord right. has you on a different journey and to lean into it and have fun with it. Right. And also when you're working, and I mean, obviously there's a balance, but you and the working moms I know, doing they all you all prioritize your family. Yeah. But I've even learned this, like when I'm when I've got my own thing going on, I'm not going to go just jump at, Mom, can you bring me these black shorts to school or whatever? You know, like living at their beck and call. Yeah, and that's that can be very tempting as a mom, especially when you are staying at home and you have that time and energy. And I sometimes think. That's why God gave me four kids, because if I had one, I would be like uh, like mama bear on top of her all the time. Like, whatever I'm doing, I'm just going to channel a lot of energy into it. And so with four, it spreads yeah. out. <laughs> yes. But I'm like, yeah. it would be way too much with mm-hmm. one for me personally. And I'm like, that was a grace from him, because I don't have the time or the energy to do it like like that. But um, but it is, he does, and I've seen so many too, now having older kids going to college, like I swear some of the most self-sufficient, ready for college kids are the ones whose moms worked or did something because they had to do laundry or they had to, mm-hmm. they had to figure things out. Like they just didn't have the world revolving around them. And I'm not saying stay-at-home moms do that because I'm a stay-at-home mom and a working mom. I feel like I'm a mix of both right. working from home. But I think it's it's good for our kids to not only see you using your gifts beyond them, because that's what we're hoping for them to do, but also just to know that they're not the center of the universe and they've got, you know, they're, they're important, but everybody else is just as important as they are. And they're a bigger part of, they're a part of a much bigger society. You know? Right. And I think with my girls, again, it was just the three of us at this point, so I didn't really have anybody else to talk to about it, but so I would bring them into this conversation. And I'm thinking back to one of the like pivotal moments in my life, probably right at the point where I started thinking about working outside the home and realizing that this was a real thing that was probably, that was probably going to happen Mm -hmm. um, was Mary Jane was just sitting there eating breakfast, you know, eating a bowl of cereal and, um, she had you know those big glasses on and she was so funny she sat there when she looked up and she said mom aren't you kind of excited oh and I was like kind of excited about what and she goes I don't know just like what God's gonna do next oh I love that and I that changed everything for me yeah I don't know what it was about just just that childlike faith Mm -hmm. and she was just like thinking about it because I'd brought him into like, okay, we're going to have to figure out what's next. Like I'm mm-hmm. going to, I'm thinking about going back to work and you know, they're, you know, I'm trying to think if they were 11 and 13 at the time. And, um, you know, but she was looking at it with excitement. Like, what do yes. you think he's going to do? Like, I you feel know? like that was like God speaking through her, <laughs> giving oh, you that affirmation. Sure. You know? And it was just like a light bulb. And I was like, actually, I am kind of excited to see what he's going to do. Because mm-hmm. the world's his oyster. I've pretty much given him free reign. But then when he started giving me pretty clear signs that he wanted me to be a financial advisor, I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, finance, really? <laughs> you know, I mean, I had that conversation with him like, Ugh, I don't. That's not something I've, that you I've were. I've never dreamed of being a financial <laughs> advisor. I can promise you that. 
But, you know, the more I went down that path, I was like, okay, this is actually probably a really great fit. Yeah. I really do have a passion for this, you know. And, and it's it, so needed. It is so needed. And it's such a ministry. Yes. It's it such is. a ministry. And so I realized that he did have me in the professional world, but I was still getting to do ministry. Mm-hmm. Um and use the gifts that he's given me, you know, and, and that was neat to see all that come together. And when I decided to change careers, I remember coming to the girls and I mean, at this point, you know, we're just hanging on by a thread. I mean, you know, all these people have these beautiful pictures on Instagram and we were just, wasn't very Instagram worthy. Well, you were amazing. You're not going to brag on yourself. No. You were amazing. Well, I mean, but you, only because we had. So I many learned people. so much. But you know, no. I mean, I just I, that's a whole other podcast too. I just learned so much walking you and your girls, watching that you walk through it, and just I learned so much about like building my faith in advance for those hard moments because. Mm-hmm. One thing that stood out to me is like you could see God's hand so clearly. Like you could see even in the midst of that heartache and grief, you like you could see it so clearly in a way that people just like long for that. Some people go their whole life not seeing God's hand in their life like mm-hmm. that. And it's there if you know what to look for. But you because you did the hard work of faith and like doing your Bible studies and being in the word and being in that relationship with the Lord and like in your darkest hour, it's like you could feel you could see his presence. And I just learned so much about learning to recognize his hand there. So, well, thank you. I love that. And you were always such a good sounding board to talk it out. You know, it's well, like you can I put into so words much. all the swirling thoughts and in my mind. And, you know, to that point, it's interesting because, you know, and I know you've heard this story many a time, but when Joe died, like when I heard the news, I remember like putting my head in my hands and just, and, and, instead of like thinking of all my memories of Joe and all that, really what went through my mind very clearly were mm. all the people and the things that I'd learned about God, you know, like all the people that poured into my life, whether it was a Sunday school teacher or a Bible study or a book I'd read or all these things. It like was it like came flooding to just you? Just flooding in really? my mind. Uh, of just that's like, such a grace from yeah, God. Just that, like that's... flashes of wow. like my walk with the Lord from the time I was a teenager on. And it was just like, you know, do you believe? Oh, that can make me cry. I know. Do you believe? I mean, do you believe all the things Mm -hmm. that you've learned up until this point? Because if you do, how you're going to move forward is going to be very different than if you don't. Yeah. And it was like a choice right there. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. because you know it all. And I'm not saying I wasn't a Christian beforehand, but it was like, hey, <laughs> right now, double down. Which one do you believe? Because right. and I just remember, you know, of course, I was like, no, I believe because like the thought of walking this journey not believing mm. was like something I couldn't even look at. Right. Um, and so, but interestingly, in that moment, one of the things that popped into my mind had to do with money. And um, I went to Auburn undergrad, and I was a pre med major for the first year and a half. And I stayed that summer after freshman year and did like the organic chemistries. And I made it through, but I remember looking around at those people thinking, these people have a level of intelligence and commitment (laughs) to this major that I don't have. And so I called my dad that fall. Like, so I did the summer and was starting into the fall. And I, halfway through the fall, I said, dad, I've decided I don't want to be a pre-med major. I think I'm going to change my, mis- my major to art history. 
And he was like, okay, well, tell me what you're thinking. And I told him, and he said, well, you know what? I'm going to be driving through Auburn um, in two days to go up to Atlanta. I'm gonna, Let's stop and eat lunch. And um, so he came into town, and he sat down, and my dad is the most even-keeled person that you've ever met. He, like, never has yelled at us our entire lives, but we all <laughs> would, if he just even acted disappointed, we were all just, like, jelly I mean you know like but but he just has this quietness about him and he had written down on a sheet of paper like 10 different majors and um you know whether it be pharmacy nursing you know accounting engineering I mean it's all these different ones and he said I love that you are like figuring out who you are and I want you to be able to do that. He said, but my goal with you in college above all else is that you get a major where you can support yourself and your family if you ever have to. And he said, if you really want to be an art history major, after you get one of these degrees, I will pay for it. But I need you as a father to have one of these so that you can support yourself and your family if you ever have to. And oddly enough, that was one of the memories that popped into my mind. And it was like, Mm. I also had, you know, the confidence there Mm -hmm. that if I was going back to work and I was doing something that I could. Right. And I know that's not everybody's journey. I mean, that very much comes down to, you know, the Lord's path for all of our lives is so different. But that was a part Mm -hmm. of my journey and it stuck. Mm -hmm. And it just reminded me, I mean, it was like the Lord was showing me all the different ways he had prepared me for my particular journey. Oh, wow. And, you know, so now just just that foundation of like, I've got you and I've set you up for your particular thing. And so that's been very much like I've never forgotten that. And Mm -hmm. I've now like think about it all the time, especially as I'm talking to young girls who are thinking about their major and how they want to do it. And, you know, obviously I want everyone to follow like the path that the Lord has before them. And sometimes that is, you know, ministry and learning how to live on a little. And that is great. I mean, like I am not saying that everybody needs to go be a professional so they can make a lot of money. It's not that, but it's just, I want people to stop and to consider that. Yes. Because if, that happens to be your path. Mm-hmm. I promise you it's easier <laughs> if you've thought about it at that college level. Right. Um, and so, you know, Mary Jane, we went on a missions trip and she said, I really think I want to do missions. And I said, okay, well, does that, do you still want to go to college? I mean, we were just kind of, she goes, of course. And mm-hmm. I said, do you still want to go to law school? And she's like, yes. And I said, you know, you can do all of those things. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, right. but pay attention to where right. he, I mean, perhaps you with a law degree can help do something right. in that mission field with like Bob golf. <laughs> exactly. Traveling. I think he's in Uganda. Yes. And I just work. said, I mean, you never know, but like pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. But I will say as a mom, as a single mom for my girls, I'm like, we're picking a major that's yes. going to allow you to support yourself and your children no yeah. matter what happens. Well, I'm like that with my girls too, just because, and just because being the age that I am and I tell my younger mom friends, we had a conversation about this recently, but I'm like, seeing what I've seen in my 40s, um, I mean, you know, a lot of mar- you know, a lot of people have lost their husband either through divorce or death or just unexpected things. And, you know, I'm Catholic. We don't believe in divorce, but there have been 
some marriage situations. And I'm like, I would never want my daughters to stay in that marriage. You know, it was mm-hmm. abuse of whatever, or, you know, addiction, not getting better. And I'm like, you know, there are times in life you don't want to ever, I don't ever want my daughters to feel like they have to stay somewhere that's not safe for them or healthy. And I've just seen too much in my forties of like, I want them to always, or your husband could get a disability or you just don't know. And mm-hmm. I, you know, you sometimes, and I used to have this mentality too when I was in college, like even when Harry and I were getting our MBA, everybody was like talking about their next steps. And I'm like, I just want to stay home and have babies. You know, like I really didn't have much ambition mm-hmm. after that. Um, but in sometimes you hear these young girls, like, I don't, I don't want to get a job. I just want to get married and have babies, but which is great. Like that is for most of us, that's our greatest joy. Number one, but you just don't ever know. And I'm like, I want my daughters to always be equipped to support themselves and not be, not feel that, they couldn't, you know, mm-hmm. and that I think you brought such a good point. I remember one time we went walking and you were talking about this, how you're like, um, you know, you're the one that when somebody loses a husband or suddenly single, they come, they come to you because you're so amazing. And I mean, and I've seen it, you know, your wisdom and just, you, you really have brought a lot of comfort to people. But I remember you saying that, you know, one of the biggest things they're always scared about is money. And that's one thing that led you into this career was like, you realize that if you could equip them to feel confident with their finances, that that changed the game for them. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about like when you meet somebody, say if somebody's listening and they're like all of a sudden they're, you know, they're without their spouse and their spouse handled all their finances. He was the one doing all the spreadsheets and taking care of all of that. Mm-hmm. And they're starting at rock bottom. Like what would you tell that woman who's in that position as far as equipping her for what's next? Well, the first thing I would say is don't ignore it. Because I know a lot of women, it's scary and it's overwhelming and it feels like if you just ignore it, it will (laughs) somehow work itself out. And that is not the answer. Um, It's like learning to begin like talking about it. It's interesting. Money, Mm. especially in that situation, seems to have an emotional control um, that it typically doesn't in other Situation. So when you're all of a sudden alone or forced to, like, especially in a divorce situation where mm-hmm. you're, like, trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to do next? I was used to this lifestyle, and now I'm having to have this lifestyle. Maybe if I'll just stick my head in the sand and it'll all just work itself out. And the truth of the matter is it just normally does not. Um, so... Finding somebody to talk to about it is key, whether it's your dad, um, a brother, a good friend, uh, you know, someone else that's walking the journey um, Mm -hmm. alongside you, like figuring out how to start talking about it is, is, is key. And, you know, somebody said, like, I just, I'm so worried about like even logging into my bank account. Like I just mm. can't even log into it. And I'm like, you know what? I want you to do it every morning and every night. Just log into your bank account and look at it. I don't even want you to do anything about it. It doesn't matter. Just log in mm-hmm. for the next month. Just log yeah. in in the morning and at night. Well, all of a sudden, it takes away that yeah. fear. The, I was just, about to say, it's it just, just like it has, that fear has control. But sometimes control. that's where we start. Yeah. I mean, you realize that fear has control. Fear just is so, so it has true. such a tight grip. Yeah. That that's so true. It's like, you know, you panic and then your mind just floods with that 
fight or flight Mm -hmm. reaction and it's like a true chemical reaction i mean you know and you're just like and all of a sudden you're picturing yourself homeless and on the streets okay so that is the first is to Mm -hmm. and then to start talking about it because you know like we say at the well that it honestly the whole the whole idea behind that well that is how can we start normalizing the conversation with women and money that's good because it has traditionally been tacky or taboo to talk Mm -hmm. about money right and it just can't be that way. And obviously we will all learn, use our, you know, good judgment and discernment about like what to share and when we don't have to share everything. Right. It needs to be a trusted confidant. And you know what? Sometimes you don't have somebody like that. And that mm-hmm. happens a lot. And don't be, that's under- when you go to Emily Lassiter right. at the wealth that it is. That's right. I mean, but we laugh because people are like, I'm embarrassed. I don't have anybody to talk to about right. it. My parents didn't teach me this right, stuff you right. know so or what did they do my dad didn't think I needed to talk about money or my mom either you know being like we're still kind of coming through like what used to be you know right. we're still moving forward here with women and money and so yeah like creating a team and that there are so many resources out there on how to start talking about money and the things you need to learn. But if I was going to say the number one thing, and everyone can do this on their own, is to figure out how much you're spending. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to what we're teaching our teens now. Because if you know how much you spend, then you're going to have a really clear understanding of what you need to make. Mm -hmm. I mean... Or you'll change your lifestyle. (laughs) Or you have to change your lifestyle. Right. And it might be going back into the workforce. Right. It might be cutting back Mm -hmm. on things that at one point in your life had a high level of importance, but all of a sudden you could care less about. I mean, you know, these situations have a way of um, clearing your mind as to to what's really important. So, you know, starting to like try to take the fear out of it, then knowing how much you spend. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of times it's just like a math equation. Um, when it becomes more complex is if you've maybe gotten a lump sum of money from a divorce or your spouse has died and you had life insurance or you have a job Mm -hmm. and you really thought one day you were going to get married and then that spouse was going to help you make all the decisions about what to do with this money you've been making all this time. And you realize, okay, I, I don't need to wait any longer. You know, maybe I will get married in a few years. Maybe I won't. I don't know. But like, mm-hmm. I need to start making this a priority. And then it's just like setting aside time to do it. You know, I mean, that is mm-hmm. somebody, I, people do it all different ways. And I love this one woman's like, I have a coffee date with my money every Friday morning. Oh, and she just I like, like says, I just have a cup of coffee and I just look back over the week. You know, I just see where I am. So did she like, did she like type notes into her phone or like a piece of paper of what she spent that week? In this particular case, she just had a spreadsheet and she knew, I mean, she's like, I kind of log into my bank account. I see what I've spent. I, you know, see if I'm on track. I think about what's coming up in the next few weeks. So, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times if you're part of the problem with money is we're spending money right now, but we're not thinking about what's coming up. So let's say, you know, you have like. Right. A big, it's the first week of August and you know, you're having a big birthday party for your daughter the last week of August. You're, you're thinking about that. You need to be saying, you know what, this week I'm going to maybe tailor my spending a little bit differently because I don't, I know I have a big expense coming up, you know, and that's where having that date was money. It's just a time to be mindful of it. Right. 
it's, you're not like yes. making, usually you're not making like major decisions during that time. You're just, right. it's like knowledge is power, mm-hmm. looking at it, not sticking your head in the sand and saying, wow, I spent a lot this week. Right. Um, it could know. be instead of buying Starbucks three times next week, I right. might buy it once right. next and week. Right. And it's just, just that you're just trying little. to figure out a way to like keep yourself on track. And I, I think that's really important. And then, but if you do have like a more complex situation, so mm-hmm. if you're not just trying to spend less than you earn, you know, which sometimes is the case for a while, mm-hmm. but once you, if you've got a lump sum of money and you say, well, what does this mean? I mean, I see that I have it. It looks like a lot, but I'm 39 years old. Right. And I have two kids. Right. And hopefully a lot of life left to live and weddings to pay for and college and all the things. Like, what happens? Mm-hmm. And that was the greatest gift my dad gave me. Yes. Is to, And that's what I try to do with my clients. When you're looking at a situation and you say, okay, what does this mean for me today? And how can I incorporate it into how I'm living my life? Like, can I keep my house? Can I move? Um, you know, do I need to stop this private school? Mm-hmm. Can we go on vacation? Can I continue giving? That's a big thing. I mean, single women that have been married and then become single, like mm. giving and being charitable, almost all women want to do it. Right. But they don't know how to think through, like, can I? Right. Do I need to just hold all this back just in case? And, you know, sometimes that is the answer. And then we, like, love to brainstorm on ways we can give our time. Right. Because oh, that's sometimes good. it yeah, isn't that's money that needs to be given at that moment. Right. And, and then, your and, gift. Your right. And then good. sometimes it is giving, but it's very thoughtfully giving at the expense of something else. And right. we love to work towards that as well because, you know, it's – but. It, it's interesting that as you walk through that, there's just a lot of decisions that you face where you're mm-hmm. trying to decide, can I do this? Can I not do this? And that's where, you know, finding a financial advisor mm-hmm. is a really important piece um, to the puzzle. Um, it, but it's not always needed. And that's where we said the wealth that it came in was because mm-hmm. we were talking to women all the time, but that did not have a complex financial situation. Right. But we're like, we look at this and we're like, the things you need to know about money really aren't that deep. I mean, right. I know it seems... This is more of like a community. <laughs> yeah, like, you're like, gonna share it best seems practices. like it's a lot, and it's like super complex, but it's really not. You right. know, I mean, there's usually like nine major topics that if mm-hmm. you can get your arms around these things, then you're you're good. I mean, you know, yes. like, and or at least you have enough tools to start right. being the head of household. And so that's kind of where the wealth that it comes in, because we say, you know what, you don't need to pay us to do this because your situation is not that complex but you do need the education yes and so that's where you know the the community comes in where you know we have courses and articles and all of that that just are designed to help you get more and more comfortable with talking about money and then finding the right people to kind of like build your team because there's just there's resources everywhere right but it's hard to figure out which ones and so that's what we hope to like be a good resource to say like maybe Somerset is not a good fit but this might be you know and Mm -hmm. just directing in that way so and another one I'm sure you probably like him too he saved us when we were first married is Dave Ramsey oh yeah I I love him and he Harry had already just listened to him and I mean when we were driving to Tuscaloosa 
you know, every other weekend for the NBA program that we were doing, we would just, you know, listen to Dave Ramsey and he was a lifesaver and he's so big on like living below your means, living like nobody else today. So you can live like nobody else tomorrow and paying off debt, you know, and that was when like, we had no business paying off debt. He had bought some stock like right out of college and I'm like, let's go pay that off. And I'm like, we had no business. We were not in a position, but I do look back and I'm like, it was so much easier when it was just the two of us just to live like bare bones, absolutely, you know, and to like, we really spent that time. And and I look back and I'm like, I'm so thankful that was the starting part of our marriage, you know, that we didn't start with all this excess because it forced us to be so mindful. Um, And like, and it's funny because you hear sometimes with couples, they're like, we miss those days, you know, like we Mm -hmm. miss those days where everything or if somebody gave you a gift, it just means so much. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, and I think, you know, one of the themes I hear when you're talking is just that God is going to meet you in any circumstance, you know, no matter what your circumstances are. And, um, and like you said, I know, I think one area we do have to be very careful is, as women is if you do get that lump sum, that, that, what's that saying that easily, that money that easily comes is easily blown. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, you know, we give our kids all this stuff, they don't even, they'll spend whatever, but if it's their money that they earned, they are going to spend it very differently. And I do think that um, that's something we have to be mindful of. And that you might have seen this article a couple years ago. I think it was on Facebook. It was Shaquille O'Neal. And he was saying when he first made it big, and he um, one day had this spending spree and spent a million dollars because I think he'd signed like a $7 million contract. And his financial advisor called him, and he was like, you idiot. You know, (laughs) if you keep this up, you'll be bankrupt. You know, you will be the typical story of the, you know, millionaire athlete who loses it all because you don't have that ability to to spend it wisely and budget and all that Mm -hmm. and anyway now he's a very successful businessman but he started doing courses like that was his turning point of like really learning how to be a good steward of money well and that's so much of what we do all day long every day at Somerset I mean Mm -hmm. and it's working and it I do think you know the financial industry was built by men for men Mm mm-hmm that's just the way it was. It's not good or bad. I mean, that's just how it was. And so we really try to look at things differently and say, okay, we're not going to just do, you know, take the, the information that the financial world has created for the last, you know, 50 years and put it on a pink sheet of paper and maybe like, (laughs) you know, put a bow on it or something and be like, put some perfume on it. like legally And we have the funniest stories about like what we see in the industry. We're like, okay. That's funny. And so we're like, no, we're going to do this differently. (laughs) We are going to do this differently. And, um, we've actually gotten a lot of attention from it because, you know, I came into the financial world. Lauren, who I work with has been in the industry for 17 years. So she has tons and she took a chance on me, which I will forever be grateful for because I had no financial background at all. And Mm -hmm. she's like, you can do this. Let's do it together. But I don't bring any of that to, so I'm just doing it the way I would want it done. Right. And how you've been there. I've I've been there and I know that my dad, and a lot of times it's like just saying, why don't you come in every week Mm -hmm. and you just bring your mail, like put it in a bag or put it in a box by the front door and we'll go through the mail together. Mm-hmm. And we just start whittling away at it like that. Like you mean bills? Like bills. Oh, like ha- what do you need to that's say? Good. Like, I mean, pieces of paper. Like right. what do you need to keep for taxes? What right. can you shred? Yes, you do need to shred. You know, yes. <laughs> things like, I mean, like that basic to, but then begin working through it. But one of the main reasons why we love to meet with them regularly mm-hmm. is because we're, we talk about spending and it, you need somebody to hold you accountable. Yes, that's And when key. you're, I mean, you know, when you're married, there is a natural. That's interesting, um, yeah. 
there checks and balances. Checks and balances are in place. Yeah. Somebody's looking at it, you know, whatever. And this, and as you need somebody to say, hey, mm, hold on. You're right. And like we have one client that we've worked with, and she went through a horrible divorce, and they were spending a lot, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot every year. And she has had to go through this whole transformation of coming back to just spending a normal amount. Mm-hmm. And um, I say that very vaguely, but like on purpose, because oftentimes we have to change our lifestyle. Right. But sometimes married couples need to change their lifestyle. But what was the interesting thing about this is when we met with her, she said she's moved, she's settled into this new neighborhood, She and she said, I've never felt more free mm. in my entire life. I love it. This feels in line with who I am and how I want to parent and the what, you know, I want to teach my children. I finally feel this peace about it. Where before, when she was living this lifestyle that most people would have given anything for, you mm-hmm. know, just being able to travel and eat out and buy whatever and do all these things. She's like, none of that was giving me joy. Right. And now she's... Because you can't appreciate it. Mm-hmm. It's just... But I mean, we've helped clients cancel vacations, uh, call the decorator and say, no, I'm not buying that sectional sofa for $17,000. <laughs> we have done all sorts of things. Yeah. I mean, because, but it's the freedom. One client said, when I'm in here, I feel strong. Oh, I love <laughs> And I that. just was like, you know, it's... But it, it we meet with them regularly because sometimes... It just takes that. And of course, right. there's no judgment. I've been through it myself. <laughs> I right. know what it feels like to go from a dual income to a single income. Yes. And it's like, okay, this, you know, but it's like, it's okay. But it's yeah. just like our teenagers. Yeah. But it's funny when you're, before you even said the story, I was thinking that in my mind, like anybody listening who they've had to go from that big lifestyle to a smaller one, like that, you can see God's hand so clearly there. Mm-hmm. Like there is such a freedom and I feel like that's something if you when you do that, that's something to be so proud of. And that's something that can unexpectedly bring so much um, confidence and security and pride to a woman, you know, and I can see it being freeing because then you're like, OK, I can I can go on a trip. I can do this. I'm not worried about this big house and the upkeep and all the, you know, all the headaches that can come up that God is in there, too. And you know what I love and sometimes this is why I love college students too like I love the college students living on a budget like college budgets just make me laugh mm-hmm. you know and it's so cute but you know Ella I, I, jo- I joke with her I'm like sometimes she like lives like a pauper you know? yeah. Like, yeah. Like, Ella you're on a full scholarship yeah. like she's like well we ate at the edge because we didn't want to spend it on tzatziki's like I will send you money for tzatziki's yeah. but I appreciate that you're <laughs> exactly. doing this but she's met so many friends that you know they're they're on a budget you know and they're they're on a budget too and like they'll go on a hike like and I was like you know when you make friendships that are not based on you don't have to go on a fancy trip you don't have to go on you know do this big thing go to this great Taylor Swift concert whatever like you when you have friends that you can go walking with or go to the park or go on a hike these things that don't even cost money which sometimes you're forced to do because you don't have the budget like those are real relationships you know sometimes you can think somebody's your great friend but it might be they're just fun to travel with but you don't have that much in common on more of that soulful level. Mm-hmm. And so um, I guess I do want that to be one of the takeaways from this is like, regardless of where you are, you know, even if you are on a tight, tight budget, there's so much grace and so many places where God can reveal himself there mm-hmm. too yeah. in that freedom. Well, and on the flip side, a lot of times we'll talk to people that have a lot of money and feel guilty about it. Right. And like, I never, I mean, again, the Lord's put them right, right there. And I was talking to this one sweet, I mean, she is 
this sweet person, and she was like, I know this sounds awful, but, like, this keeps me up at night. I feel guilty that we have this much, and, like, Mm -hmm. we want to be good stewards of it, and we want to give, and we want to do this and all that. But, And I said, you know, just, like, stop and just realize that, like, the Lord has gifted y'all with this lifestyle, but he also has given you um, access to a whole nother group of people that most people never have the opportunity to go and witness to. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's hard when you're living in those circles. I mean, I was like, you have an amazing opportunity to speak truth into some people's lives that a lot of people don't get. And it's like, it, it's interesting because you just like just stop and know that like you're nowhere that the Lord right he, he needs you everybody <laughs> we need Jesus in every in every place and so that's okay salary too. range yeah yeah and then just like getting excited about all the different ways mm-hmm. that you can give back I mean there are so many ways and so many people that like people that would just like you know drop off a gift card for us. I can't tell you after Joe died, the number of people that would just oh, like, just randomly, just, just randomly, you know, put a gift card for dinner in there. Or like if we were eating out, I, this happened more times than I can count oh. being in a restaurant and somebody saying, they just you know, for it. yeah. Covered. And then, I mean, it, and one thing I did pray, I will say this in this whole journey, is that the Lord would give me the eyes to see his hand at work. Because mm-hmm. on this side of heaven, I didn't want to wait until I got to heaven. To right. <laughs> right. Tell me God. I said, Lord, please you don't let me wait me. until heaven to figure all this out. I just want to see a little bit of that because it's such, it, it just builds that your faith and it gives you hope. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, it, that's what fuels you. Yeah. And it and, shows you the best of humanity, too. Oh, yes. But, yeah. And I mean, it's, so I just, the number of people that have invited us on spring break or mm-hmm. to stay. I mean, like, and it's so fun because I, it is obviously something that we are so appreciative of, but it's also something that brings them joy because they can they do can that do for us. Right. And so like just opening your eyes to see like wherever you are. Yes. God's going to use you. He's going to use you. And, and I do, I've learned that too, just living, you know, in Mountain Brook, like even I remember with Village Living, there are, people I've wanted to do articles on that have done some really, you know, just have used their wealth they in amazing ways, mm-hmm. and they don't want any recognition. And even I have a friend, she was a lawyer, a very good lawyer, and she recently started a job. I thought this was so cool, but it's some families who have a lot of money, and they want it to go toward, like, Christian purposes and missions, but they don't want it publicized. And so it's her job to kind of know it's nobody can submit anything. It's this girl's job to go out and find worthy projects. And then they're fun, they've got this money and for her to be able to approach them and say, Hey, we want to do this. And I thought that is such a powerful idea of how to use your money. If you do have wealth, you know, and you don't want to, you know, you don't want to flaunt it or even have it talked about or whatever. There are so many people who do it quietly and mm-hmm. they don't want any recognition or not. They want to do it anonymously. And I just thought that was so neat, but it's like several families who have come together to create like this foundation. And so she's kind of the executor of it. And I was like, what a fun job for her to be out there, like being the eyes and the ears, like, okay, where can we put this money like toward worthy projects? Like, and like they want it to be toward you know Christian you know evangelical type mission projects. When we talk to a lot of families who are that do have a lot of wealth and they're worried about their children, their teenage mm-hmm. children, and their college age children, um, about like what that wealth is going to do to them. You know, they're like, it, this is warping their sense of like 
what it feels like to be an adult, like there's no way they're ever going to have to live like a pauper, you know, at yes. this point. And like, how do we counteract that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of course is just talking about the Lord's hand in it and how he's gifted each of us individually, but also being charitable. That mm-hmm. is the number one antidote. And to do it as a family is like when I watch families start doing that, all of a sudden it shifts right. their focus outward right. and they begin noticing things. And then, again, just being able to give is like, then they're seeing how the Lord's using them to help others. And then, you know, it just like builds this again, it's just building their faith, but in a different way than perhaps the one that's being gifted to. Right. And I think everybody wants purpose. And you're like, that's how you find purpose is by using whether it is money or talents or time or whatever you have to give. It's like using whatever God has given you to help others. Like that's how you find purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, So Oh, Emily, this has been so good. Like we could have about five different conversations <laughs> on this. I, I just looked over like I think we're at our mark. Okay. But um I love I loved having you on here. I hope you will definitely come back and we can talk about money or whatever else, college kids, um, you know, losing a spouse, so many different topics. But you're such a wealth of information. Um I've got Emily, um, all of the ways to reach her in my links. And um, would you feel comfortable just saying a prayer to close us out for anyone who might be listening? Absolutely. Okay. All right, dear Lord, thank you so much for this time together. Thank you for um, how you have brought each of us here today um, for a special purpose, Lord. I pray that um, those that are listening will hear, you know, what you want them to hear, that my words will be used by you. Lord, and I just thank you so much for Carrie and um, how you've put us together in life and how we have been able to do life together and what an amazing encouragement and resource she's been for me, Lord. Lord, I just pray for all our college-age kids and all our teenagers that we're all just striving so hard to raise in a way that's glorifying to you, Lord. I pray that you will just put a hedge of protection around them and give them wisdom and clarity as they choose to find your purpose for them in their lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm so grateful to have you here. And if you enjoyed the show, please follow the Girl Mom Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen. And leave a ratings or review so others can find these messages too. Also, my new book for moms called More Than a Mom, How Prioritizing Your Wellness Helps You and Your Family Thrive is now available everywhere books are sold. This book is for girl moms and boy moms and full of encouragement no matter what season of parenting you're in. Find the link to this book and my other books in the show notes. Thanks again for your support and have a great day.